Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing, Jared? I'm good, man. It's it's a big week. Uh, it is a big week. It, it's been a big day. Work was busy. God's providing. Yeah, and, you know, I've been training for Thursday. You know what Thursday wow. uh Thanksgiving. You know. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, to be prepared to eat 10 pounds of food, I've been, I've been go. working my way up over the last three months. So nice. anyways, uh, yeah, that's not, I, I don't know where that even came from. That was just off the top of my there head. You go. Wow. That's not, good. Not that's what happens when we don't script yeah. things anyway. So yeah. How's your week going? Are you, are you Very ready good. for Thanksgiving? Yeah, Not really, but I'm ready to give <laughs> thanks. And Is uh, that? But no, it's just been a little bit busy, a lot going on. Yeah. So I haven't, uh, don't feel like I've fully got my head around it yet but hey yeah. much time yeah uh, it's tuesday so it's, i know it's crazy wednesday i can't believe it listening. yeah maybe, there you go maybe you're listening thursday happy thanksgiving yeah maybe it's thanksgiving today yeah. for you wow yes. that's good well hey uh in in honor of our second annual thanksgiving podcast because yes. we did this last year yeah i thought we would start with a thanksgiving icebreaker so okay. I've broken it up into two sections. First section will be just questions his, oh on boy. the history of Thanksgiving oh for man, you. Oh, I, I will not know these. Oh, it's going to be great. I can't wait. <laughs> and then the second part will be personal questions about Thanksgiving uh, pertaining to you. So we're, we're going to get to know you a little bit better this time, oh, Craig. How's that? Is, you know, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> I didn't want to uh, tell you what I had in mind, historical stuff, because I thought you might I really search don't know. stuff really I, you quick. You know, I honestly am ignorant of uh, historical Thanksgiving, but go really? ahead, let's go for it. Yeah, right. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of living the now. Oh, well, <laughs> you're just staying in your lane, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to be, well, okay, go ahead. All right, first question. At the first Thanksgiving, yeah. what meat do many historians now believe they ate? Venison. It really, okay, I have four. Uh, it's going to oh, be oh, A I'm through sorry. D. Oh, sorry. Good grief. You're too, you're too uh, eager. Okay, yeah, yeah. A, turkey. Okay. B, fish. Yeah. C, chicken. Or yeah. D, deer. So Well, that's venison, right? Yeah. I'm going with D. All right, cool. You're wrong. Oh, fish. Fish. Yeah, they think that maybe they ate fish. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So I don't know if that's right. No, but that's interesting. I didn't fact check. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't. Yeah, I'm glad those, we don't have that Those tradition. quote many historians, yeah, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't okay. fact check okay. them. So. All right. Uh, okay. Well, that was that was a good guess, though. I oh, I would one. I would have guessed that. Yeah. Um, question two: What year was the first Thanksgiving celebrated? Was it A. 1676, B. 1723, C. 1621, or D. 1598? I'm going with A. A, 1676. Yes. Man, you are just really on fire as far as being wrong goes. <laughs> uh, C, 1621. To be fair. So I missed it by 50 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you're in the same century, so it's good. Yeah. I will just say this. Like, these are questions that I wouldn't get right. I think this is more of just a way of helping our listeners be a little bit more well, cultured in understanding yeah, history. Typically, we are teaching scripture, theology, sure, and how it, yeah. applies, uh, how it applies to everyday life. Yeah. Uh, how theology and culture intersect. But today... Mm-hmm. We're just being stupid because <laughs> I don't know the answers. Okay, here uh, we go. Okay, question three. During which month was the first Thanksgiving likely celebrated? A, September, B, November, C, December, or D, March? I'm going to say September A. Hey, there you go. Yes. That's right. Yeah. It has to do with harvest or something? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Right. I mean, it's being yeah. thankful for all that the Lord yes. has provided yep. in the harvest. So mm-hmm. very good. All right. Question four. Which president first declared Thanksgiving a national holiday? I thought of all of these, this one would be the one that you'd probably more likely know. So A, James Garfield, 
B, Andrew Jackson, C, Abraham Lincoln, or D, Grover Cleveland? Shout out to my homeland, Cleveland. There you go. Actually, I don't know the answer to this, but I just read a biography on Garfield Uh and his death, his assassination. It was fascinating. We'll talk about that on another broadcast. I just finished it two days ago, and it did not mention Thanksgiving. All right. So So I'm going with Lincoln. Hey, there you go. That's good. Yeah, that's always a safe bet. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. He he did some good stuff. He's on the penny. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Question five. Yep. How many turkeys? I'm two will, for two. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm two for four. I mean. Are you, yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. All right. This is more of a cultural question. Yes. How many turkeys will Americans eat this Thanksgiving? A, 20 million. B, 46 million. C, 100 million. Or D, 135 million turkeys. I'm going to 46 million. Man, you are on top of this. Yes, 46 is million. Is that right? Projected. Projected, yeah, Obviously, yeah. we don't know for sure. I mean, yeah. who knows? Uh, yeah, 46 million turkeys. That's a lot of turkey. That and in fact, lot. question number six, how much will Americans spend on those turkeys? Oh. Yeah, good. that's a good question. A, $250 million. B, $575 million. C, $970 million, or D, $1.5 billion. I'm going to go with C, 900 and whatever. You know, I'm starting to think you cheated, because that's right. Is, I just did a little yeah. math. I just figured, okay, oh, what yeah, would it be times? Like the but average. I don't know. You'd have I to average Yeah, it, I didn't buy a turkey. Well, it's My just because you're a mathematician so I, at yeah, heart. I, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, $970 million. That's okay. a lot of money, that man. That's a lot. It makes me think that maybe if I just kind of, yeah, I don't know. You see numbers like that and just think like, all I want is like $5,000. Yeah, really. Can, can you guys lot. help me that's out, America? That's a lot of that is, turkey. That's a, that's a billion dollars. Talking turkey. turkey. All right, let's do some uh, personal questions then. Uh, hey. What is your, <laughs> no, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh, that's really, well, it would just be. I mean, it would be weak to say turkey, but I'm going to say that because that's what I associate with yeah. it, you know. And so I, I love it. I love uh, smoked. I love Ooh, yeah. just like a regular, you know, I don't yeah. know like, a, a, like a baked but, one yeah, or baked whatever. Butterball Have you ever whatever. had we're the... Having uh, Cajun, we're having Cajun this year. Oh, no Cajun way. Cajun spices, yeah. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Have you had a deep fried turkey before? I haven't. And I know that's a big deal, but I've not actually had... Well, now let me think about that. I may, I think I've had, uh, I've had that not on Thanksgiving, but I've tasted mm-hmm. a deep fried turkey before. Yeah. It's pretty good. Have you ever had turducken? I want to. Yeah, I I've haven't. Had, I've had that. Was it amazing? Yeah, it, was, it was different. Yeah, yeah I bet it was. It was. Oh, yeah. that sounds good. All right. Uh, well, on that note, what's your least favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh man. You know, I don't know that there's anything that I don't, that I, is there anything I just do not like? What about cranberries? Candy yams. Like, oh. I'm not into that. Really? Yeah, I'm not even sure what that is. I, Dude, I mean, that's, it's. Is that your favorite? It's sweet one of my, thing? oh, it's so good. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet potatoes, marshmallows. And yeah. I just don't think I eat that. Any dish, I, I only do marshmallows with s'mores. I mean, anything else, yeah. that's, I don't want it in a, I don't want it in like one of those. Uh, salad. Well, anyway. Wow, yeah. I had no idea you were a uh, marshmallow yeah, snob. Uh, yeah, I just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't have anything I don't like. I just reached for something. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, oh, okay. Yeah. So, How about you? Uh, my least favorite. Uh, here's one. Uh, I have had green bean casserole in the past. Well, where I like that. It's good. I like it. It's my favorite. But I've had it where people put mushrooms in it. I just feel like that oh, yeah. ruins it. It's yeah. just I don't yeah, know. I don't, we don't. I've grown mushrooms. to like mushrooms more in yeah. my older age. Yeah. Uh, but as a young man, I used to hate mushrooms, yeah, and go. that ruined that dish for me. Well, you're maturing. I am. <laughs> I'm turning into a human mushroom. Um, yeah, my favorite dish, though, man. I love cranberry sauce. Do I you? just I don't know why. I just yeah, yeah. love it. 
There you go. It's weird. Anyways, okay, six. Do you mix your food or do you keep everything separate? I keep it separate. Really? Yeah, yeah. I Are you like you're? Build- no, I'm not like I, I'm not crazy about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like but you're building yeah. a wall. And no, stuff. no. But I would keep it. I would keep it separate, and I would prefer to put less on mm-hmm. my plate so this manageable, and then go back yeah. rather than have too much on it. Kind of pile it all together. Yeah, I would just rather have it a little bit separate, a little bit organized, a little bit managed. Then I can yeah. go back for a second or third, uh, fourth true. plate. What? So what is it about it mixing that bothers you? Well, nothing in particular. I, it's not like I, uh, it, it's again, it's not like a, I have a, it's a major issue. Yeah. Like you don't have a condition or anything. I don't have but, a condition over it, uh, but I, I don't prefer, I just like distinction. I like yeah. order and uh-huh. distinction. That's very How good that? for a, for a man of God. That's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> are, are there any How foods about for you? I mean, honestly, I, for the most part, yeah, I, I have a problem if, you know, here, here's here's how I dis, you know have distinction on my Thanksgiving plate is the the foods that get gravy and yeah. the foods that oh don't. nice I don't like foods that don't get gravy getting gravy like my yeah, cranberry sauce yeah, okay. if I get gravy in there yeah that makes sense I mean it's not gonna be the end of the world but it's kind of gonna ruin the mood yeah for and you've me. got mixed textures that don't go together yeah there as well. I, I see I'm not much of a texture guy I don't care about that but okay. It's it, it's yeah, gravy has to go with the right foods yeah, yeah. and it doesn't go with everything. But here's something that's I found that I've really, really, really like. Not everyone does corn at Thanksgiving. Yeah, we do. Um, but if you do, mix it with your mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. my word. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, that's my favorite mix. So. <laughs> nice. Anyways, <laughs> all right. Have you ever stereotypically unbuttoned your pants to be more comfortable while feasting? Oh, yeah, that sounds like a, a personal question, but I, I, I don't think, not that I can recall. Yeah, not that I can actually recall. I, I assumed just probably, you would say I, no, but I just I, wore something <laughs> loose to begin with. Just yeah, wore something loose to just, begin your, with, and your, then you fill it up. Your tracksuit. Yeah, so b- before the meal, I'm sagging. After the meal, I fits just right in my pants. There you go, you know? man. <laughs> That's good. All right. Have you ever gone Black Friday shopping? Uh, yes. Have uh, I have gone uh, for... Uh, typically like a big purchase, electronics mm-hmm. or something like that. It might be something that wasn't even for Christmas, but just something yeah. that we needed. So yeah. I don't typically do that. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not I'm not a big fan, but I have in the past. Was it actually? It's been, it's been a number of years, so I can't even recall. Yeah. Like if you tell me what was the last thing you bought on a Good Friday, right. I, I don't know that I could even pull that up from memory. So, so typically I Did you just I, say I Good don't. Friday? Did I say Black Friday? Sorry. I don't, I don't know. I don't shop on Good Friday. <laughs> yeah, I always mix that up. I always call Good Friday to be like yeah, <laughs> Black yeah. Friday. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I'm sorry. Right. Good. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, okay. Was that actually on Thanksgiving evening? Have you No, I've gone out early Friday morning. Uh, so okay. it's moved. That tells you how long it's been since I've done it. Okay. It used to be store opens at 6 a.m. You got to be out there. But, mm-hmm. but now it's opening at 6 p.m. on, yeah. you know, on Thursday. And yeah, man. So I, I'm not, uh, this is a sign of getting old. I'm not a big crowd <laughs> person. The older I get, just like, I love people. I mean, obviously that kind of goes with my calling, but sure. I love people, but, uh, like a mass of people like yeah, going yeah, yeah. and grabbing stuff oh, and yeah. you know, running people over at the Walmart. Yeah. I'm just not into that. Yeah, I hear you, man. All right. Last and question. I like, and the, and the other thing is that's changed uh-huh. is I like shopping online. I just, it's just, it's so easy. convenient. And, and now they so do the fast. cyber Monday. Yeah. yeah and things you've got so Amazon fast. prime, man. Yeah, we do. Dude. And something same day. Yeah, I know. Same day. It's like, oh, wow, yeah. this is easy. You can't beat that. No, you can't. All right. Last question. What are your plans for things? Thanksgiving. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, just getting together with family. We're not leaving town. Uh, I have a bunch of family in town Mm. and then I have a, um, I have two sons that live out of town. They're Mm -hmm. both, they're both coming in. Actually, my son who's in college is already here Cool. and, uh, they're both coming in. So we'll be together, uh, uh, as a family. I'm looking forward to it. That's great. That's awesome. Well, um, 
Well, my parents live in Tennessee. Sarah's uh, immediate family, they're all out in Cleveland. So we're hanging out with uh, Sarah's family here, Fred and Diane, and uh, Drew and Aaron. And then I think we might be actually going over to Caleb and Maddie's, hanging out with them for a little bit. So that should be fun. And if not, here's the invitation. You just invited yourself. It's it's on the podcast, so I think you're going now. Hey, Caleb, I think we might come over. (laughs) Caleb, you should listen to the podcast. I invited myself over. Be prepared. Be forewarned. (laughs) So it should be good. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time together. Are you going out Friday? Uh, we have in the past, um, but we are not now that we have now. a baby. Now with a baby, that, that's the worst. Get up early and go no, out no. with a baby. Oh, no, no, no. I've never gone out actually on Friday. Actually, Friday, like actual Black Friday, yeah. that's a day to stay in, man. Yeah, yeah. Don't go out there. Yeah, yeah. If you have the day off from work, don't don't go no, out there. No, please Be don't. at home. Put be up safe. your Christmas tree. Be wise. <laughs> yes, be safe and be wise. So uh, speaking of which, we got some questions. All right. Um, I don't know about being safe, but being wise, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we'll maybe people are asking I, I be wise, maybe. Wise either, <laughs> well, thanks for the uh, the Thanksgiving trivia. That's yeah. Fun. Well, yeah. Thanksgiving We did it fun. last year at Christmas. I remember that. So. Did we? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I remember telling you Elf was my favorite Christmas movie. No, that's that was a Christmas question. That's what I said. We did Christmas last year. Oh, that's right. Year. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to do that yeah, again, yeah. Okay. but I won't, I'll have to ask don't different ask about questions. Elf. No. no. <laughs> All right. Well, we did get a number of questions from your sermon on Sunday, so let's go ahead and dive into these. And a reminder to your listeners, you can text in your sermon-related question to 469-573-2920 or email your question at podcast at gracechurchfrisco.org. And here we go. Here's the first question for you, Craig. Okay. Hi, I have a question. You know, that is a great way to start asking a question. You You announce what it is. That's good. I like this person. I have a question. How are we supposed to aspire to a quiet life when God seems to continually call us to do something disruptive of our culture? For example, Jesus flipping tables in the temple, Mm -hmm. Esther approaching the king without being summoned first. It seems like the Bible is full of examples of God asking us to do something radical in response to our faith. How does this aspiration fit in with these many examples of following God's will? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, I I do think the Lord calls us to do, um, how was the question, something radical, you Mm. know, in response to our faith. And I think this passage, which is calling us to uh, mind our own business and to work hard, uh, you know, I think that's pretty radical in our culture of distraction to be yeah. focused and, you know, to to keep focused on what we're supposed to be doing. I think the two examples, I appreciate the two examples. I, I think they're, they're a bit unusual. I mean, for every time that Jesus is doing something that radical, flipping a table, think about all the times that he's just doing, walking from one village to another, sitting yeah. and having a meal. If you look at his life, he did obviously miraculous things. But, right. Uh, but much of his life was regular, uh, for sure. And the Esther example, this person points out something that is a, you know, like a peak moment in the book. Um, so, yes, for such a time as this, she was placed there to do something great to save her nation. So there are those moments uh, in life, uh, where we do something unusual, we take a stand or do something unusual that I think is, uh, as the person said, sort of disruptive to the culture. Um, but I don't think that's the norm. Uh, I mm-hmm. think those are more unusual circumstances. I, I, I do, I will say this. I think there are people who have callings, mm-hmm. um, to disrupt They're very, they're very, the very nature of their work is disruptive or there are seasons I think of, um, where, where disruption is the norm rather than a quiet life. I was thinking about those who, uh, this was before my time. Uh, actually I was alive, but too young. 
those who participated in the civil rights movement in mm. the sixties. I thought about that. That 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 was a noble, godly cause that was disruptive. Arguably, mm-hmm. they were calling attention to injustice and doing things like marching and yeah. uh, this sort of a thing. Um, but uh, so someone could look at it and say, well, they, were they really aspiring to a quiet uh, life? Um, I would say, well, that was a cultural moment that called for disruptive activity by Christians yeah. to point to the gospel. So the real question is, you know, I think we have to in, in, interpret scripture and live scripture. There are plenty of places in scripture where there are examples of people doing uh, radical sort of out of the norm things. The, the, this passage doesn't say that you never make any noise, but it does say we're to walk properly before outsiders. So I would say if the season or the activity or the acts enhance the reputation of the gospel for us to walk, you know, wisely before outsiders. If they're communicating love, then there's, they're clearly not something the scripture is for forbidding, you know, yeah. the, the civil rights example for, yeah. for example, I think that was something that was good and honorable, but it was something that represented Christ. Well, it wasn't being a busybody like uh, Thessalonians talking about. It wasn't, you know, uh, it, it, it was an act done out of love. So I think that's really the, the key question. Um, and the point I was trying to make Sunday is don't believe that your influence is tied to only those big moments. Now, obviously an example like Esther, she had her moment for such a time as this, you know, as the scripture says, but most, most people, our influence is not tied to just that one big moment or that one annual moment or that one really big deal, our influence is more tied to a day in, day out lifestyle of representing Christ to our mm. neighbor. And that's the point I was trying to make. So even though someone did something in the civil rights movement that was yeah. heroic, they went to jail, they did this huge deal, um, but they still had to go home at some point and live day in, day out, do a, do their normal work and love people of all races yeah. and fight prejudice by daily faithful living. And I think that's the point. Yeah, I I think that's good to kind of point out that those moments of disruption, um, that wasn't the entirety of their life. Of course. You know, people still had uh, chores at home. They they went to sleep at night. They they raised families and had a household. And, um, you know, I, I think... You know, questions like these are important because I think sometimes we're tempted to believe that in order to be effective for Christ, we have to go out and constantly live some, um, you know, out of the ordinary, over the top life. Um, Whereas I I feel like there's some peace in knowing that that we're effective uh, for the cause of Christ when we when we walk humbly with him in the quiet of everyday life. Yes. Yes. and we're we're doing that, you know, for outsiders to see. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's encouraging to us. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you, and I don't want to, you know, minimize radical actions Mm-mm. that God calls Mm-mm. us to, which this person's pointing out, right. you know, helpfully. Um, but there's a season to it. Even for Jesus, there was a season. You know, there's times in the scripture where uh, Jesus does a miracle and yeah. says, "Don't tell anybody." Yeah. He, it, this is on the, keep this on, uh, you know, the down low. Don't, don't be out telling it. Why? Because ultimately he didn't want before his time, everyone promoting him as a, a, probably a political Messiah or something like that. Yeah. So even this so-called messianic secret where Jesus is saying, yeah, you know who I am. Don't tell anybody. Don't right. tell them what I did or whatever. Um, for, so even for Jesus, there was a time to, when he wanted to make noise with his actions and his words. And there was a time 
to just love and serve quietly and let it not go noticed beyond yeah. that person. Yeah. So even there, I think there's there's something to be learned. There's a balance. And mm-hmm. we look at Scripture in light of Scripture. But thanks for the thoughtful question. Very helpful. Yeah, very helpful indeed. Going back to Jesus, yeah, there's 30 years of his life that we don't yeah, really know absolutely. about. absolutely. <laughs> he swung a hammer and uh, worked in a carpenter shop, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for answering that question. Uh, second question is this. I'm a single adult who's been a church member at Grace and community group member for about a year. My circumstances are difficult, and I really need brothers and sisters in Christ. I loved and agreed with everything you said in the sermon that we should be loving each other as spiritual family, especially in community group. And of course, that means getting to know each other and spending time together outside of the group meetings to know how we can love each other well. Yet, with the exception of the leaders and one other woman, no one in the group has attempted to interact with me or get Mm. to know me outside of the group. I've tried to reach out to some of the women to initiate those relationships and seek to serve them, yet I've gotten little to no response. What advice do you have for me? I'm willing to keep trying, but I fear I can only go so long before the lack of community and reciprocation really damages me spiritually by being so isolated and alone. Wow. Well, thank you for that question. And um, I really appreciate you reaching out for help. We talked about single adults. Mm -hmm. Was it last week or two weeks ago? I can't remember. I think it was last week. Yeah, we did as well. Mm -hmm. So um, about how to spiritual adult, uh, how do a single adults and couples interact together and some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would just say thanks for your honesty. I would also say thanks for your effort. Based on this question, it sounds like you are um, personally making attempts mm-hmm. to reach out, um, which is really mature on your part. You know, you're not just saying, why aren't people reaching out to me? You're saying, I'm making an effort to reach out, but it doesn't yeah. seem like it's really going uh, anywhere. So I'm, I'm sorry uh, for your experience. Without knowing more detail, it's hard to, hard to really comment. Um, but I would say a few general principles could be helpful. One is, uh, it might be worth you said, except for the leaders of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe they have reached out to you, or you've reached out to them and they've reciprocated. That's that's how I'm hearing your question. Um, so I might uh, share this with them, what you're sharing with us, I might say, see if you can get together with your leaders over coffee or Mm -hmm. something where you could just have a little bit of a time to sit down, not just on the fly on a Sunday morning in the lobby, but where you could sit down and have an honest heart to heart with them and say, look, this is, this is my experience. Um, and what, what thoughts do you have for me? Is there any, do you have any insight into how, here's what I'm doing. What do you think about that? Would you recommend I do something different? Is there a particular person based on what you know of me, you'd recommend I I reach out? Do you you have any input uh, for me about this? Is this common in the group? I mean, maybe, uh, maybe this is a group problem. So mm. I wouldn't want you to feel isolated like you're the only one. Maybe there's others who are feeling the same thing. Maybe this is a topic for the group to talk through yeah. very openly and talk about some community in the community group. What if we start talking about do we feel included and connected mm-hmm. and had a really transparent conversation about that? Um, the, the leaders might want to do that. They may not know what you're feeling. So that'd be yeah. one thing. Um, and this, another thing I would say is just to keep being faithful to take initiative as you are. Relationships take time and they typically take more time um, than than we think they're going to take. So I would say continue on uh, with that. Now, having said that, you said you've been, I don't know if you've been in the same group, but you said you've been in the church and in a group for a year. Um, so I would, I would say this, 
Um, all groups at Grace Church or any church anywhere are not all um, equally healthy. That's the mm. honest truth. Some groups have people that are going through really hard times, and and maybe it's a season where they're needing to be a little bit more, um, uh, you know, s- sort of tending to challenges in their life, and they don't mm. have a lot of available time. So it could be a group where you have a number of people who are in a uniquely busy season in their life. There's a lot of people with babies. There's people who are, you know, having to travel a lot and care for an aging parent. There's a guy who's in, it's this season of his work. He's traveling. So it could be you're in a group where maybe there's some circumstances that Mm. are limiting that. Um, the other thing is you could be in a group that's just not the best fit. And I, and I don't, I don't think we should just be going around looking for who makes me feel welcome. And this person's not saying that, but this, where do I feel welcome? And I, I, man, finally I found a group that's just like a comfortable pair of shoes or something like that. It's not how do I feel, it's how do I serve, which is what you're doing, and I appreciate. But having said that, the reality is we all know that at times we've been in a group where it really clicked, and at other times we haven't. And sometimes it's a mystery. And I don't think we should feel guilty about that. And that's why we ask people to basically make a year commitment to a group. Mm -hmm. We ask people to jump in a group in uh, August, yeah, August, Mm -hmm. and then stay until this last year, stay until May. And then we took off June and July and did classes. Um, So we ask people really to stay 10 months, actually. Um, uh, And then some groups met in those, you know, did some social stuff in those Mm -hmm. summer months. So we're saying, okay, take a year, basically. But at the end of the year, there is no shame. There's no harm, no foul. No one's offended. Mm -hmm. You're not blaming anybody to say, I'm going to go find another group. I'm going to visit around a few groups in August and see if there's a different group. Maybe there's a group with some people for whatever reason. And it's a mystery. I can't explain it. But that you feel like this feels more like uh, home. Uh, And the last thing I would say is I love, love your attitude. You're saying I'm looking for spiritual family, brothers and sisters, and I'm looking community group. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the last person to tell you don't look in your community group for that. However, I would say that if you have, if you're a person with some margin in your calendar and some time space, that I would say community groups are primary but not exclusive. Mm. We build relationships outside of that. So are there other places where you could, if you're young, um, if you're a young adult, uh, are, do you participate in Rooted? I'm guessing you're a woman because you said you've been reaching out to other, or you've been saying you've been reaching out to women. And I didn't read this as like trying to get a date. I don't think it's a guy. I think it's a woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, so um, if you're a woman, you could jump into Flourish events. You could jump into a Flourish women's Bible study, which is a regular community. Those ladies connect and make friendships there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could find some area, maybe some service team, ministry team, where there may be some relationships you find there. If you're, mm-hmm. you've been here a year, you're new, you're trying to get grounded and make friends. Um, so I would say you're doing everything you're doing is A plus, you're doing the right thing. But I would just say, talk to your leaders, give it some time, continue to reach out at the end of the year. If it's not ain't happening at all, maybe you need to look at a different group. And also, if you have some space in your life, look for other opportunities to connect with folks through service and ministry and uh, even like a, a ladies Bible study, yeah. something like that, um, because there's other avenues where we we make friendships as well. So my heart goes out to you um, and. Um, I will say you're not the only one. Many people feel like, ah, just, you know, I'm trying and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm, you know, connecting like I would hope. And I've talked to people like that. And then, you know, year two or three, 
boy, their story's very different. So sometimes yeah. it just takes time. Yeah. I remember, um, no, this person said they'd been around for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when we had been here for, I, I would say probably about a year we had moved to Texas and, yeah. uh, you know, it's all just so new. We've yes. been at the church for only a year or maybe a little bit less than that. And just, you know, there's a struggle of, I, you know, I left a place that maybe I had a lot of, you know, deep relationships yeah. and stuff and, and you get here to a new place. Um, and it, and it can be really difficult. For uh, sure. you know, you can't make, um, <laughs> there's a song called old friends and one of the lines in it is you can't make old friends. Yeah. If you're right. making a new friend, it's a new friend. Yeah, you, yeah. you still don't know them well, well and everything. Said. Anyway, so I was just sharing some of that struggle with you and you, you mentioned, I don't, I don't remember if this was anecdotal or if, you know, if, I can't remember, uh, the context in which you shared this, but you basically said, you know, uh, for any amount of time you're at a place, you know, if you look around and you're saying like, man, I'm really struggling with this church. We've been here for a year, still don't feel connected. And then you look around and you see other people that are connected. You say like, well, yeah, those people have been here for 10 years. They have 10 years of community. Yeah. They have 10 years of relationship. They have 10 years of, um, that kind of intimacy. You've been here for a year. You only have a year's worth of relationship, you know? And so, um, I think there's a temptation to, to feel like something's wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and there might be, you know, you you mentioned that there might be factors that are, they're really off. Um, but another, another factor that I think is, is common, I, I think is, is just that in short amounts of time, if you're an especially social person, Mm -hmm. it can be very disheartening Mm -hmm. and discouraging and frustrating, uh, when you're just not finding the kind of relationships Mm -hmm. that you're used to and that you crave Mm -hmm. and the amount of time it takes sometimes to make those relationships can be really frustrating. It can be. Um, and, and when you're taking initiative and don't feel perhaps like it's equally reciprocated. So this person's demonstrating, I think by their example, real maturity and saying, look, I'm Mm -hmm. trying to reach out to folks. Mm -hmm. Um, now I don't feel like that's returned, but you know, sometimes it just, it just takes, um, like you're saying, it just takes a while. And, uh, you know, you keep, first of all, God's always honored. If you're taking initiative to love and reach out yeah. to another person and to include them, mm-hmm. uh, God is honored by that. Yeah. And he is the one who ultimately gives you that relational sense of fellowship. He's mm-hmm. the one who ultimately provides that. And I, I believe he's going to do that for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, that's good, man. Well, thank you for uh, being sensitive to that to that question. It's a great and, question. Yeah, it was really good. Thank you for to whoever sent this in. Thank you mm-hmm. for your honesty and uh, transparency. And there may be other people listening to this pod- sure. podcast that feel similarly. Guaranteed, there um, are. Yeah. yeah. So, and one of the things is that you you made a statement, Jared, which. Uh, you like you can look around and see everybody else. Boy, it seems like they're really connected. Well, maybe they've been around ten years. Whatever you gave the example. Um, you know, the other thing is look uh, looks uh, appearances are deceiving. Mm-hmm. We we often look around and see someone laughing on Sunday and talking with somebody and getting a big hug, but everybody experiences loneliness. Married, yeah. singles, everybody experiences. I just feel like I'm not home yet. Yeah, in a sense, and that's that longing that we all have for mm-hmm. for uh, eternity. I believe so. There is mm. a sense. I don't think there's anybody who's who's honest, who doesn't say that their relational cup is just perfect. It's not, you know, it's not everybody. It's either overflowing because I got too much going on or it's, yeah. it's too, there's too yeah, little in the cup, enough. but not enough. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think most everybody, no one's at equilibrium. Every, everybody yeah. has, 
either feels like they don't have enough relationships or the relationships they do are introducing stress and, and challenge and burden. Mm, and, and yeah. you know, so it, the, the reality is sometimes you don't feel close, but once you do feel close, oftentimes that creates a whole different set of uh, challenges. <laughs> so uh, yeah. anyway, I, I just think part of what you're experiencing is life in a mm. fallen world and, and even in the church, um, we let one another down and we're human and everything else. So yeah. anyway, great question. I, I'm, I don't want to belabor it, but sure. this is almost like a whole podcast. We can yeah. almost talk about oh, how to build relationships really, and yeah. what are our expectations and yeah. all that. Well, maybe another time. Maybe another good. time. All right. Well, thanks again for that question. Uh, question number three, uh, what about housewives? They are dependent on their husbands. Yeah, that's a statement. Well, I guess it's kind of a question. It's kind and of a question I, I and think, a statement. Yeah, I think this person, uh, this uh, person was referring to the passage which said, "Be dependent on no one." And so mm-hmm. the context, if you didn't hear the sermon, the context was that Paul was saying to the Thessalonians, you know, I called it staying in your lane. The idea was to. Um, to aspire to live a quiet life, to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands. That's verse 11 of chapter 4. So that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. And then in 2 Thessalonians, we read how there were some people that sounded like they were taking advantage of others' generosity Mm. and love and that sort of stuff. So I don't, the context of this has nothing to do with a marriage. It doesn't have to do, the, 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 the question about a marriage that this person's asking, I think, is, you know, what if one spouse works and one spouse, uh, this person says housewife, so someone who is a homemaker staying at home, you know, what if one is, one is earning a paycheck and one is w- managing the home, yeah, uh, watching, uh, caring for the children, something like that, uh, you know, isn't that person dependent on the other person, the, the spouse for income if they're not actually working? I would, I just don't think that's at all how the scripture views it. I think mm. the scripture views this as one when we're married, we're one flesh. We are, we certainly have individual personalities, but we're also one unit, one a couple, you know, in one sense. And so I think there's a dividing of responsibilities. Hmm. Yeah. One spouse may have, uh, you know, may work outside the home, earn the living. Uh, commonly, as this person says, a housewife, commonly that's a husband. Um, and he is working outside the home and she may work outside the home as well. But if, if they make the decision for her to stay home, uh, then her contribution is different than his. Mm-hmm. So it's there. We have to we have to manage the home. We have to tend to daily affairs. We have to earn a living. Uh, so that has to happen for the couple, the unit, and yeah. how you divide that up. Different couples are going to do that different ways, but there's no there's no sense in which one is inappropriately, biblically speaking, one is inappropriately dependent upon the other. Yeah, uh, you're both as long as you're both doing what you agree as a couple that mm-hmm. each should do. So you should have an agreement where each each person's going to do this, uh, and have that agreement and, and walk it out together. And I think yeah. that. I think that honors the Lord. So I I don't, I wouldn't worry about, I don't view that as dependent. I view that as you have different responsibilities. Yeah, that's good too. And I I think an aspect of this could be, uh, you know, the temptation that I think we all struggle with, whether you're a husband or a wife of, 
um, you know, how much do I serve the other until I'm, you know, until I've accomplished it and I can rest yeah, easy and exactly. stop, stop serving. And mm. so, um, I think, you know, it helps us to see that, you know, it's not that we, um, you know, this idea of dependence and everything, mm-hmm. it, it's more so an idea, especially in a marriage of, you know, I don't say you're dependent on me for so much and then I'm exempt from the rest, yeah. you know, right. uh, you know, so the focus is on, especially in terms of marriage, how, what we're doing, you yeah. know, instead of saying like, well, they're not doing enough and yeah. look at all the, you know, so I think, I think it can easily go in that direction. I don't think that's what the person had no, in mind. Right, um, right. but anyways, all right, well, moving on, uh, question four, what does staying in my lane look like in light of accountability to one another? Yeah. And then the person also shared in that question, they wrote out first Corinthians five twelve, mm-hmm. I think, which is, um, uh, which was an accountability. So this person's asking about accountability. And if I'm to stay in my lane, what about bringing an accountability to someone else or them bringing accountability to me? When is that sort of getting out of my lane? Now, the text doesn't say, again, I'm going to make clear, it doesn't say stay in your lane. But I think that's the general idea. That's a vernacular which describes minding your own business is what the NIV mm. says for this verse. Mind your own business and work with your hands. Yeah. Um, so... I think accountability is ideally uh, invited. Um, it's actually invited by um, uh, you know others into our life. So if I invite you, Jared, into my life to help me and to to help me be accountable in an area, then you are in your lane. If you call me out on something, yeah. or you offer help, or you you know ask me a question about how I'm doing or something like this, you are you're you're not being a busybody. Mm-hmm. You're not sticking your nose in where it doesn't belong. Right. Um, so I think it's invited. Now, in the First Corinthians five passage, this person references this is there's an explicit invitation to accountability when we become a member of a church. Yeah. So once you're a member of a church, there's an explicit statement that I'm accountable to the Lord mm-hmm. and to this body. That doesn't mean that anybody in the church can come up and just start uh, getting nosy in my business. I think that would the scripture would apply to that. But, um, but in that situation, there's an excommunication. In 1 Corinthians 5.12, what's going on is it says, expel the immoral brother. Mm-hmm. There's an excommunication of a sexually immoral person Uh, who's actually committing uh, incest. And so um, that's not mind your own affairs. It doesn't mean ignore a person who is, you know, sort of in spiritual danger uh, like this. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's not the issue at all. That's the accountability of that person is they came into the church and now let's, now they're living in a way of unrepentant sin that is Mm -hmm. damaging them and others and the reputation of the gospel. And so really at that point, uh, holding them accountable is not getting out of one's lane. Right. Uh, So I think I, I appreciate the question. It's a good one, but I think the question is what is the accountability? What is the responsibility we Mm -hmm. each have to one another? And ideally, that should be something that we uh, we invite and, and say, hey, help me with this or that, or yeah. uh, have a few people in our lives yeah. that, that have the freedom to um, help us with blind spots and help yeah. us to grow. And, and if we invite that, then they're in their lane when they do it. Yeah. And uh, I think that's something for us to be willing to participate in Absolutely. as those holding others Absolutely. accountable when, when invited to do so, yeah, right. um, you know, for the interest, you, you know, you, you made the comment, we're not trying to be busy bodies. We're not trying to right. stick our nose where it doesn't belong. 
Um, but I think we can usually tell when we're just sure. trying to build ourselves up sure. by looking at the failures of others Absolutely. versus, you know, calling someone to repentance yeah. in Christ for, you know, for life. So, um, yeah, so I, I think that's, that's very helpful. Yes. Thank you. Um, all right. Last question. How can I stay in my lane while spurring one another on to love and good works? Similar. Yeah, it is similar. That question is, uh, they're quoting Hebrews 10 there, which says, let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, mm-hmm. not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Mm. So we're called to help one another uh, grow in Christ. That's what that passage is talking about. We're to encourage each other. And uh, there are many ways that we can do that, um, uh, that, that we that we're able to do that. One of the ways is actually that we are called to challenge each other at various points in the next chapter, first Thessalonians five. Um, it doesn't say leave the idle people who are, you know, who aren't doing these things, leave them alone, stay in your lane. It actually says admonish the idle. So it's saying the person who's like this, help them out, encourage them, come along, give them, strengthen them by saying, Hey, how can I help you get out of this? sort of trap that yeah. you're in of, of yeah. being idle. Uh, so the, I think the main thing is the lens we look at that we're to look through is love. So the question is, what is the most, because the verses before said concerning brotherly love, you're excelling, you know, you're doing great with loving one another, continue all the more and, you know, mind your own affairs, uh, work with your hands, sustain your lane. So it, it ties into the other verses. How do I love a brother and sister or sister in the Lord? What's the most loving thing to do? So I think when we ask, should, I'm going to, is what I'm about to say or do with this person, is this getting out of my lane? Is this infringing? Mm-hmm. Is this being a busybody? Is this being nosy? I think the question is, what is the most loving thing to do in this situation? Yeah. What builds them up. Yeah. Do I have a relationship with them? Yeah. You don't just go up to people, strangers on Sunday morning and say, Hey, you know what? I, I just, just blah, blah, blah. You just start giving them a piece <laughs> of your, your mind. Um, yeah. no, no, that's being a busybody. Uh, yeah. do I have a relationship with, if I said something to them, is there a trust there that they would know I'm for them and mm-hmm. I love them. And if I am going to, you know, sort of, uh, spur them on in some way that, that could ch- challenge them in any way, uh, is it is it going to be? Will they receive it as love or just um, you know we have no relationship, so it's received as criticism, so as opposed to something that's constructive. So, um, and if I'm to stir someone else up to love and good works, I think I do that by my example, by mm-hmm. my presence, uh, certainly by my words. But am I doing that in a loving way? So if I'm trying to stir someone up to grow in the Lord, is the way I do that? Does it feel condemning and self righteous, or does it feel loving? I want you know. I'm trying to encourage you to love others. Well, that should feel like love when you mm-hmm. uh, receive that. So, this is an art and not a science. There's not a there's not a, a, a you know a step by step guide to it. Yeah. Um, but I think these questions: What's the most loving thing to do? Do I have a relationship where they would receive this love? If not, how can mm-hmm. I cultivate that kind of relationship? And in all of our relationships, if we're spurring one another on, there needs to be massive, significant investments of encouragement, yeah. um, compliments, recognizing God at work in their lives, and those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, so that you know, so I don't think anyone ever feels like stay in your lane. If you bring me an encouragement, mm-hmm. a compliment, something you appreciate, I'm never going to say, you know what stay in your lane, bro. I'm going to say, Hey, we've, you know, drift on over here anytime. People love that. So let love be the motivator. And, uh, I think that that's the clarifying guide. 
Yeah, that's these are good. those are good questions. Though. Yeah, for sure. I, I wish we had time. I'd love to ask you how does staying in our lane, leading a quiet life, go together with social media use? Oh man, that's a whole nother. Question, I know, man. Yeah. I would. We'll we'll do that one sometime. Yeah, I too. think I certainly think it's possible, but I think it's a it's it's definitely a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. To, uh, I think it's created the ability to get out of our lane really fast, yeah. like internationally, all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be you can only drift into the lane of the person you're interacting with. Right. Now you can drift into all kinds of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah. We'll talk about it sometime. Yeah, let's That'll do be it. good. All right. Well, thank you so much yeah, for taking man. the time out of happy your, Thanksgiving. Uh, your week. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving en- enjoy to your you. Cranberry sauce and may it not man. mix with your gravy. Yeah, thank you. May the well, Lord be bountiful <laughs> to you and may your cranberry sauce not mix with your gravy. That's good. Well, I'm I'm hopeful and prayerful that your food will not mix. Yeah, thank you. Plate. It will keep it orderly. Oh, that's good. Yep. Well, I hope you have a good time with your family you too, and uh, I'll endeavor to do the same. And then to you, our listeners, hope you guys have a great, restful Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.